Hello and welcome back to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and this week we are talking about how to make fear your friend. This is a statement I think we all have heard at one time or another, but what does it mean and how do we achieve this? I think the first thing to bring to our awareness is that fear is not bad. It's meant to protect us from danger. The problem is that most of the time, it's trying to protect us from the things that are not dangerous at all. And we have to be able to not only determine that, but then step through it. In today's episode, I'll show you how you can use your fear to propel you forward instead of freeze you in place. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review if this episode resonates with you. Before I start, though, I want to let you know that the Aligned and Worthy Bootcamp is open this week. And in this bootcamp, you will learn the 11 deep-level self-care practices that you can use to create the stage for you to step into your power and have success in your personal and professional life without the burnout and without the overwhelm. You can get all the details in the show notes. Now let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking all about deep level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset, and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello, and welcome back to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. My name is Tina Stinson, and as I said in the intro, we are talking about making fear your friend today. And I said in the beginning that fear is your friend, right? It's not, it's not, it's there to protect you, and there's a way that you can use it to propel you forward instead of freezing in place. So if we listen to fear every time, I think that we would be all curdled up in the fetal position, not experiencing anything in our lives, just kind of like being managed by an extreme helicopter parent, right? We need to be mindful of the message that we, we're asking ourselves, okay? Is this really, truly something that might hurt me, or is this just taking me out of my comfort zone? To me... Um, fear to me can feel like excitement if if I don't let it move into like that panic, okay? It's more like, well, if you look at the bush and there's a cougar behind the bush and I'm fearful, then the fear is protecting me at that moment. It's protecting my life. But if I'm fearful because I don't want to speak in public or something like that, then that's really just Uh, me trying to stay in my comfort zone. That's my brain trying to protect me and keep me safe, okay? And so you have to know the difference between these two things. We all know that when we leave our comfort zone, amazing things happen. We grow and we learn and we have new experiences. Overall, a good thing, right? Even if things don't always turn out the way we planned, you almost always have some kind of growth or some kind of success, right? So fear is also telling you that this is something important, right? It's pointing out that this is really important to you. So like first it's pointing out that this is probably something that you should do. So using fear as a tool, 
these are the things that you could use them for. It's pointing out that I should use this as, as a tool. And that's also something that's really important to me, right? So now you know that this is something that you should probably do, okay? It's exciting. It's new. It's unknown. And when something is important to us, the fear of failure can be so strong. But the feeling of playing it safe is so much worse. It's really an icky feeling, right? So how do we make fear our friend, okay? So the first step is take a hold of the excitement and use that energy to move you forward. Instead of saying, I'm afraid of doing something, say, I'm excited to do that same something. I'm excited to do this. Even though it's a little scary, I'm excited. And that energy is like amazing. This puts you in the position of moving forward. Fear is the energy. So use it. I said that wrong. Fear is energy. (laughs) Is the energy. Fear is energy, so like use that energy in a positive way. Don't let it freeze you. Use it as excitement energy to move forward. Another thing you could do um, to move through the fear is to ask yourself some questions. Okay, so this is about being aware of this thought, this this thinking process that's going on in your head, right? So, so what could happen is. Um, using that same example of speaking on stage is I could say, okay, I'm super afraid to speak on stage and, and I'm probably going to bomb and then I'm never going to do it again. And, and people are going to talk about me and, um, I don't know, you can come up with a whole reel of things, right? So you're coming, you're making this, this loop in your head in your thinking head, your ego, where you're making up stuff that's not true, right? Then as you are talking yourself into these things that aren't true yet, um, your body is starting to feel anxious and tense, right? So then it moves into your body and your body feels more tense. And then that in turn goes back to your thinking brain and you come up with even worse case scenarios and and you're talking yourself out of doing something that's going to really propel you forward. Okay. So the questions that I want you to ask yourself, what is the worst thing that would happen if I do this? So I kind of talked a little bit about that. So, but what you're going to do is you're going to become aware of these thoughts. Okay. You're making up these things that are most likely never going to happen. You know, most likely anyone who watches you speak on stage might have been in that position themselves and they will have nothing but empathy for you, right? No one's going to talk about you or laugh about you. And if you, if they do, who cares? That's their business, not yours. Okay. Um, so coming up with this worst case scenario really just brings awareness to the thought process that's going on in your head. Now, now ask yourself, what would happen if I didn't do this? Okay. So so going back to the speaking opportunity, right? So if I didn't do it, then um, any opportunity that would have came out of that is gone, right? So I just lost any new opportunities, new experiences, maybe new friends, new collaborations with other people to work with, maybe a job for some people, right? So you're missing out on a lot of opportunity, okay? Then you're going to ask yourself, what is the best thing that would happen if I do do this? So kind of reverse that a little bit. All these new opportunities that might pop up, maybe a new job, maybe new friends, maybe new business partners, all kinds of things can pop up. Okay. So this is all good stuff. And then you can ask yourself, what can I do to make this work out in my favor? Okay. So go back to the worst case scenario. So how can you avoid that? How can you make this go smoother? How can you reduce the friction? 
Okay. And so some of the things that you could do in the same situation would be to practice, right? So think about what you're going to speak about and then practice it, practice it for friends or family, or maybe in front of a small group first, maybe videotape yourself and then watch it and then practice again and retape yourself. There's so many things that you can do to increase the chances of you having success. But I would even go I would even go as far as saying that even if you didn't prep yourself super, super, super well, right, and you did it anyway and it wasn't perfect, you're still going to move yourself forward. You're still going to propel yourself forward. There's still going to be opportunities, okay? But these are the questions that you can ask yourself to really take that fear and help it propel you forward, okay? And so if you think about moving through these questions, right, and then you think about not doing it at all, can you see like the huge, the huge difference, what you're missing out on in your life when you let fear freeze you instead of using it, using that energy to propel you forward? The one thing I know for sure is fear never goes away for anyone, right? Even the most successful people face fear every single day. The difference is some people um, work through it. They face fear. They use the fear to move forward. You know, what are they, what's the saying? I'm trying to remember what the saying is. Feel the fear and do it anyway or something like that. I don't know. Um, But that's what these people are doing. Or you can let it, you know, freeze you in place. We don't want to do that. So you have to make the choice to choose yourself and embrace the energy of fear. Otherwise, it'll suppress you like that helicopter parent we talked about earlier. (laughs) All right. So um, one time... When I was kind of face-to-face with some big fear was when I was recovering from my stroke. I felt like a ticking time bomb. So uh, for those of you who don't know the story, very quickly, I had a vertebral dissection. And so that's the artery that goes into your brain. And you have two of those, and that's why I'm still here. And that one artery clogged completely. And it was too dangerous to fix, so I had this big, like, clog blood clot in my artery. I did have one blood clot go into my brain already. Um, and I was very lucky for it to not kill me. Right. And so this other blood clot was in my artery and they told me that the safest thing to do is to let it heal closed up like that. Okay. And so that's what I mean by, I felt like a ticking time bomb. Like at any moment, this could dislodge somehow and go into my brain. I don't know if that was unreasonable, but that's how I felt. Okay. And so, um, I was a runner. I still am a runner. I don't want to say I was a runner. I am a runner. It's a very important part of my life and I love it. I love running races. And it was really important for me to be active. I'm a very active person and the doctors were not really giving me the okay for that. They were very unsure of it. And I even had one doctor tell me that I was a delicate flower. Okay. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a delicate flower. And, and just thinking of myself this way just made me feel so shitty, right? It just made me feel defeated, okay? And so what I did was I was terrified, right? I was terrified to move. I was terrified to raise my blood pressure. I was terrified to be under stress. So I started reading and trying to find a positive story, a positive outcome with somebody else who had what I had, which was really hard because it was kind of um, rare. I don't want to say rare because it does happen, but it's not very common. Okay. 
And most of the stories I was reading were so depressing. I just can't even tell you. And so I was beginning to wonder if I should just stop looking, period, because it was like making me feel worse. And one day I was in my neurologist's office and I was waiting and I was reading a magazine. It was some kind of a neurology magazine. And I read an article about this NFL football player who had a dissection of the artery that went to his heart. So very devastating. Okay. And uh, long story short, and don't ask me his name or the team because I don't remember. I'm not a football person. Um, I should really try to find it though. But anyway, he, long story short, he went on to, to start playing professionally again. And so I was about halfway through that article and I just closed the magazine up and I was so excited because I was like, if that guy can play football, then I can run. Right. And so at that moment I made the decision and it was a matter of, uh, like I, I went over these different scenarios in my head. Okay. Um, my choice of being like sickly, helpless, and stuck kind of like, I felt like a victim. Like my children were going to have to take care of me as I got older. Um, I, I didn't like it, right? But the other option was for me to move forward being fit and strong and capable. And so what were the risks? What's the worst thing that could happen? Like I'm going to ask myself those questions. And the worst thing is that I could drop dead, but um, which is a pretty bad thing. But at the same time, the life I was living was not living to me. I did not want to live like that. My thought was, I'd rather be dead than be like sickly and incapable of taking care of myself. Okay. And so the choice I made was to move forward because I had to know because I couldn't. So like the question is, what would happen if I didn't do it? What would happen if I didn't run? Like then the choice would be made, right? But what would happen if I did? Like, I could die, right? I could drop dead, but I could also just have some kind of a an event or maybe it would all go positive, okay? So um, I moved forward and I started running bit by bit. Like I would go out. I had a little bit of balance issues. And so I would just go outside of my neighborhood and I would look ahead of me on the sidewalk and I would say, all right, I'm going to run to that tree. And I would run. And it was a very short distance, like yards. And then I would say, okay, well, now I'm going to walk to that next driveway. And then so on and so forth. And I kept running and walking until, and then one day I was running and then um, I had my stroke in May. And then I ran my first 5K that December with my daughter, um, my oldest daughter. And I remember sitting at the start line thinking, oh my God, this was not a good decision because what if I do drop dead? Like, what if I really do? I drop dead during this race and I'm going to traumatize my whole family my daughter, especially. And so the whole race, like I just kept repeating in my head, please don't die. Please don't drop dead. Please don't die. And before you know it, the three miles was up and I ran the 5k and, and, um, I survived and I continued running and I've probably run 10 plus half marathons, uh, numerous 5Ks and 10Ks and one full marathon and six Ragnars, which is a 200-mile relay race. Uh, so I've definitely gotten my runs. I've done all of this with my family, and I've enjoyed it so much. So think about all of the things that I did after I had my stroke. And if I didn't make that choice to move forward, all those experiences I wouldn't have had. 
and all those fun races I did with my kids. And I just can't imagine doing anything other than that. I can't imagine if I would have stayed in fear and let it freeze me there. I can't imagine what my life would be today. So the next time an amazing opportunity comes up and you're face-to-face with fear, bring awareness to your thoughts and move through the questions above. Embrace that fear like it's your best friend because it is. It is. Fear is watching out for you. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast today and be sure to check out, I have some freebies in the show notes, but also my program Aligned and Worthy is open. So if you want to learn more about that and the 11 steps, deep level self-care steps that I use on a daily basis, um, you could uh, click the link in the show notes and get that. Be sure to rate and review and subscribe if this resonates with you. And be sure to also share it with someone who it could help. Love you, and I will see you next week.